European Heart Journal, Issue at a Glance, Volume 41, Issue 24, Focus Issue, Lipids, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. The next chapter of prevention, from LDL cholesterol to lipoprotein A and triglycerides. Lipids are known to be major drivers of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, or ASCVD. Statins and inhibitors of intestinal cholesterol uptake are the main stem of cardiovascular prevention and have markedly improved outcomes of patients with ASCVD. With proprotein convertase subtilism kexin type 9, or PCSK9 inhibitors, the main drivers of low-density lipoprotein cholesterol, or LDLC, can be lowered further to extremely low values and with outcomes further improved. While lipid lowering is well accepted in most patients, elderly with ASCVD are commonly undertreated. Indeed, age has been an issue and many physicians are still reluctant to consider statins in the elderly, although stopping statins markedly increases events in this age group. In the fast track, effect of alirocumab on cardiovascular outcomes after acute coronary syndromes according to age, an Odyssey Outcomes trial analysis. Peter Sinave and colleagues from the University Hospital of Gasthausburg in Leuven, Belgium, and colleagues addressed this issue for PCSK9 inhibitors. This pre-specified analysis from Odyssey Outcomes compared the effects of alirocumab versus placebo in 18,924 patients with recent acute coronary syndrome, or ACS, according to age. Relative risk reductions were consistent for patients greater than or equal to 65 versus less than 65 years for major cardiovascular events, or MACE, with hazard ratios of 0.78 and 0.89 respectively, and for all-cause death with 0.77 versus 0.94 respectively. For MACE, when dichotomizing at age 75, Hazard ratios were 0.85 in greater than or equal to 75 and 0.85 below. When considering age as a continuous variable, advancing age was associated with increased MACE and a greater absolute reduction in MACE with alirocumab with numbers needed to treat at 3 years of 43 at age 45, 26 at age 75 and 12 at age 85. Although adverse events were more frequent in older patients, there was no difference between alirocumab and placebo. Thus, in patients with recent ACS, alirocumab improves outcomes irrespective of age. Whether LDLC lowering is an important preventative intervention for older patients after ACS is further discussed in a thoughtful editorial by Eric Stroes from the Amsterdam University Medical Center in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Besides LDLC, Elevated lipoprotein A, or LPA, is strongly associated with increased CV risk. As most drugs are ineffective in lowering LPA or have only mild effects such as PCSK9 inhibitors, antisense technology tools have been developed. Since potent LPA-lowering therapies are emerging, it is of interest whether patients with elevated LPA experience beneficial anti-inflammatory effects following large reductions in LPA, as outlined in the article Potent lipoprotein A lowering following apolipoprotein A antisense treatment reduces pro-inflammatory activation of circulating monocytes in patients with elevated lipoprotein A by Eric Stroes and colleagues. Using transcriptome analysis 
they showed that circulating monocytes of either healthy individuals or those with cardiovascular disease and increased LPA levels have a pro-inflammatory gene expression profile. This was investigated in two sub-studies, including 14 patients with elevated LPA who received APOA antisense, i.e. AKCEA-APOA-LRX, as well as 18 patients with elevated LPA who received PCSK9 inhibitor. Antisense lowered LPA by 47% and reduced pro-inflammatory gene expression in monocytes, which coincided with a functional reduction in transendothelial migration capacity of monocytes ex vivo. In contrast, PCSK9 inhibition lowered LPA by only 16% and didn't alter transcriptome nor functional properties of monocytes, despite an additional reduction of 65% in LDLC. Thus potent but not modest LPA lowering reduced the pro-inflammatory state of monocytes in patients with elevated LPA. These ex vivo data support a beneficial effect of large LPA reductions. The clinical implications of these results are put into context in a balanced editorial by Florian Cronenberg from the Medical Center of Innsbruck in Austria. LPA is elevated in 20-30% to 30% of people, often in combination with elevated LDLC. In their article, statin therapy increases lipoprotein A levels. Sotirias Tsimikas from the University of California, San Diego, in La Jolla, California, USA, and colleagues aimed to assess the effects of statins on LPA levels in a meta-analysis that included 5,256 patients. In a statins versus placebo-pooled analysis, the ratio of geometric means for statins to placebo was 1.11, with a ratio of greater than 1 indicating a higher increase in LPA from baseline in statins versus placebo. The mean percent change from baseline ranged from 8.5% to 19.6% with statins, and from minus 0.4% to minus 2.3% with placebo. In the statins versus statins pooled analysis, the ratio of geometric means for atorvastatin to pravastatin was 1.09. The change from baseline ranged from 11.6% to 20.4% with pravastatin and 18.7% to 24.2% with atorvastatin. Incubation of HEPG2 hepatocytes with atorvastatin showed an increase in expression of mRNA and apolipoprotein A protein. Thus, statin significantly increased plasma LPA levels. The implications of elevated LPA with statins is further discussed in an insightful editorial by Alberico Catapano from the University of Milan in Italy. Triglycerides are another lipid faction involved in atherosclerotic risk. As such, patients are not eligible for statins. Also, these lipids antisense technologies are currently being developed. Whether triglycerides not only increased ASCVD risk, but also that of aortic stenosis, is addressed in the article Triglycerides and Remnant Cholesterol Associated with the Risk of Aortic Valve Stenosis Mendelian Randomization in the Copenhagen General Population Study by Borger Gronen Nordisgaard and colleagues from the Copenhagen University Hospital in Herlev, Denmark. They included 108,559 individuals from the Copenhagen General Population Study, of which aortic valve stenosis occurred in 1.5%, compared to individuals with triglycerides of less than 1 millimoles per litre, 
The risk of aortic valve stenosis increased stepwise up to 1.52 for those with triglycerides of greater than or equal to 5 millimoles per litre. By age 85, the cumulative incidence of aortic stenosis was 5.1% for individuals with triglycerides of less than 2.0 millimoles per litre, 6.5% at 2 to 4.9 millimoles per litre, and 8.2% for those with triglycerides of greater than or equal to 5 millimoles per litre. Similarly, remnant cholesterol categories concentration dependently increase the risk of aortic stenosis up to 7.4% for greater than or equal to 1.5 millimoles per litre. Individuals with allele scores 13 to 16, the odds of aortic stenosis were 1.30, 1.41 for allele scores 19 to 20, and 1.51 for those with allele scores of 21 to 23. Thus, Higher triglycerides and remnant cholesterol were observationally and genetically associated with increased risk of aortic stenosis. These novel findings and their implications are discussed in an editorial by Robert Hageler from the Western University in London, Ontario, Canada. Very much in line with these findings, William Bowden and colleagues from the Boston VA in Massachusetts, USA, in their review, Profound reductions in first and total cardiovascular events with icosapent ethyl in the reduced IT trial. Why these results usher in a new era in dyslipidemia therapeutics. They discuss the importance of elevated triglycerides in the setting of controlled LDLC on statins as a major contributor to increased residual cardiovascular risk and emphasize the pandemic of type 2 diabetes mellitus, metabolic syndrome, an obesity characterized by elevated triglycerides, low levels of high-density lipoprotein cholesterol, and atherogenic remnant lipoproteins. Finally, they review the landmark REDUCE IT trial in which icosapent ethyl not only lowered triglycerides, but also first composite primary and secondary CV outcomes. Indeed, the recent findings from the REDUCE IT trial showed a striking clinical benefit of icosapent ethyl compared to placebo among 8,179 diabetics with elevated triglycerides and controlled LDLC on statins. In a final current opinion, low-density lipoproteins cause atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, pathophysiological, genetic and therapeutic insights. A consensus statement from the European Atherosclerosis Society Consensus Panel by M. John Chapman and colleagues from INSERM in Paris, France. They review the evidence that LDLC causes atherosclerotic CV disease, or ASCVD, and the cellular mechanisms involved. The issue is further complemented by discussion forum contributions in a contribution entitled A Clinical Perspective on the 2019 ESC-EAS Guidelines for the Management of Dyslipidemias, PCSK9 Inhibitors for All, Irina Daikon and colleagues from the Universität Duisburg-Essen in Germany discuss the recent 2019 ESC-EAS Guidelines for the Management of Dyslipidemias, Lipid Modifications to Reduce Cardiovascular Risk. In another contribution entitled, Do We Need a Redefinition of the Cardiovascular Risk Categories Used in the 2019 ESC-EAS Guidelines on Dyslipidemias, Paolo Calabro and colleagues from the Universitat Daily Studi della Campagna Luigi Van Vitelli in Caserta in Italy also comment on these guidelines. In a contribution entitled, Does Epicardial Fat Contribute to COVID-19 Myocardial Inflammation? 
Gianluco Lacobelis and colleagues from the University of Miami in Florida, United States, comment on the recent flashlight contribution entitled COVID-19-Related Myocarditis in a 21-year-old female patient by Xiongwuk Han and colleagues from the Kimyung University School of Medicine in the Republic of Korea. Han et al. respond in a separate comment. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.